You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to give you a quick announcement about a two-day intensive that Cindy is hosting in Tampa, Florida on September 16th and 17th. Are you an entrepreneur who is looking for spiritual and professional guidance from an experienced faith-based coach? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but aren't sure where to start? Do you have big goals, but need help developing a strategic plan? This class could be the catalyst for a lifestyle shift that will affect every area of your life, including your family, your business, and most importantly, increasing your experience of oneness with God. Spots for this event are limited and early bird pricing starts June 1st. You'll want to go to cindy-stewart.com to get more information and get registered for this event today. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. This morning, we're going to talk about the unseen war. And I've been working on this kind of all week long because uh, uh, I, f- I just had this sense that there's so much going around us that we cannot see. And whether it's uh, the good things we cannot see or the bad things we cannot see, God wants to open us up to what is unseen so we're able to identify. You know that when you are aware of something, then you have more connection to it. It's kind of like that saying, when you buy a white car, then every car you see on the road is white. You know, once you've made a connection with it, then you're able to uh, um, move into that. And the part of the reason that this has kind of come across my mind is because I was thinking about um, um, just really what is the swirl that the enemy has released on the world? And there are swirls that he's released. And we know that John 10.10 says that the enemy has come to steal, uh, kill, and destroy. But with that, Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and they may have life more abundantly. So there is uh, two ends of the spectrum, the darkness of the enemy and the light of Christ. And in, have, I don't know if you guys have read the book by Chris Vallison. It's an old book. It's called Spirit Wars. And in the book, I just wanted to quote this. He says, but no matter what the manifestation spiritual warfare takes on, The most important fact to remember is that these are symptoms of the enemy's devious plot to steal our inheritance, to kill our offspring, and to destroy our very lives. Now think about that. No matter what manifestation is showing up demonically, the whole goal is to take you out. That's the whole goal. That's the whole goal. And we are experiencing, and we've seen it, one of the biggest things that we experience in this world is the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear. We allow the attack of the enemy 
to send us down a rabbit hole of what if, or this is never going to work, or I can't see God's promise coming to light because what I see, what is happening in the natural. So we are so more in tune to what's happening in the natural that we cannot see in the spirit of the massive war that's going on in the spiritual realm. And I'm going to read one other quote to you, too. This is Breaking the Power of Evil by Rick Joyner. He says, we're about to experience the greatest fear and the greatest faith being released over the earth. This will be taking place at the same time. If we are not growing in faith, which is also evidenced by growing in the peace of God, we will be growing in fear and the anxiety that will ultimately even cause men's hearts to fail. So I think one of our big challenges on an individual unseen war is our thought life and what we're willing to extrapolate over what's happening in front of us. So what is our thought life? When things come against us, is our thought life, like Diana shared, no more Satan, it's going to stop now? Right. Or is our thought life, this is never going to work? I mean, she shared part of that. I'm going to go ahead and pay the $450. I'm going to go ahead. You know, we go through this process of all the things that are going to happen because we haven't found the peace of Jesus over the situation. And it creates a swirl of chaos in our mind. It creates a swirl of, uh, of building a narrative toward what is going to happen. We've got it all figured out. You know, this is probably going to happen. I'm probably going to lose my job. I'm probably going to have to pay to get my car towed. I'm probably going to. We've got this whole agreement with this evil plan that is against us. And one of the things we've got to learn is to break agreement over our thought life that does not align with the word of God. And I know that that's pretty much a broken record for me. I say it probably every single week, but it really is the enemy's attack against our thought. It's the enemy's attack against our mind because it's trying to get us out of agreement with the word of God and into agreement with the possibility of loss, destruction, uh, brokenness, whatever it is, because we all deal with different things. We know that, you know, what your issue is may not be my issue for the moment, but we all deal with things and we have to learn how to pull down every argument. And I'm going to read that scripture out of 2 Corinthians 10, and it starts in verse 3. And this is going to be out of the Passion Translation. It says, for although we live in the natural realm, we do. We don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aim. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. Amen. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and breaks and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. 
we captured like a prisoner of war every thought. We have to capture every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, the Holy Spirit himself, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. You know, this in the, in the Passion Translation breaks down into so many different things. But really, when we think about it, what it says is that every emotional response Every thought process in our mind has to bow to the obedience of Christ. And as we thinketh, the word says, we become, right? And so when those thought life comes against us, it creates fear, it creates chaos, it creates uncertainty, it creates this question in our mind Is God there for me? Does he have a solution for me? And even though as believers, even though sometimes as long-term believers, we might not necessarily say in our mind, is God there for me? But there's a subconscious overflow that's wondering where God is. When we did spiritual intelligence, for those of y'all who did it, it talked about there are high values and there are core values. The high values are the ones that you believe Jesus is Savior, that I've given my life to him, that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But your core values can sometimes not agree with your high values. Your core values can say I'm afraid that he's not going to come up, show up for me. Although it says God will never leave me or forsake me. We can believe God will never leave me or forsake me. But in the moment, sometimes our core values come against the word of God and what we say we believe. And part of that is wrestling with the truth of the word and being able to use it as a form of weaponry against what the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy from us. And it really is an unseen uh, war, because when you think about it, when our mind starts going there, sometimes we don't even recognize it's going there until after we've been there for 10 minutes or three days or a week, and then all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, that's not true. But we've gone through this this time of of, uh, torment and, and, and really torture because we've gotten caught in this stream of lies that the enemy is repeating to us that we're slowly coming into agreement with until we cast down every argument that sets itself up against the word of God, right? And we know it happens to all of us. Uh, One thing I was, uh, one thing I know that, and I'll just tell you guys, one thing that I struggle with is sometimes I get in this circle of discouragement. And it's a weird thing because I'm not normally a discouraged person. If anything, you know, I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's going to be great. God will work it out. But, and it usually happens, funny, out of a big victory. 
I come out of a big victory or a great weekend of ministry or God's done something great on Sunday and we're just like, oh my gosh, this was so amazing. And then Monday morning comes this, you know, that word you gave. It really wasn't very good. And, I, and I've even said it to Chuck. That was bad, wasn't it? He's like, no. But you know what happens is I something happened out of this glory train that all of a sudden I fell into the pit. And I've gotten quicker at recognizing it. But uh, sometimes I have spent days there. Because I didn't recognize it, that that was not my voice coming against me. It was the enemy that sounds like my voice. And we have to learn those little Achilles heels things. Sometimes that the enemy uses to attack us so that we know we cut him off right at the quick before he even starts. And that's part of the unseen war is the thoughts that encompass our mind and where they come from. Now, we know that when we connect to something that we know that the enemy tries to uh, have rule and reign over us, then we become quicker at knowing. But there may be hidden things that have not been revealed to you yet that you need to ask the Lord, why do I go through these cycles? Or why all of a sudden do I become afraid of everything that's going on? Or why do all of a sudden I allow these thoughts of, you know, maybe I'll have a flat tire on the way so I don't actually have to go there. Or maybe, you know, I, I start building these scenarios around which are the enemy's idea to get you off track of where God wants you to be. Because he wants to steal your inheritance. He wants to steal the destiny that God has set forth for you. He does. He does. The last thing he wants is to you to walk in the fullness that God has for you for today. He wants you to walk away saying, everybody seemed to be really into worship, but I just didn't get it. Or, you know, whatever it is, it's that little tactical lie, his strategy to get you off balance. So you begin to move down a thought process that doesn't align with God and begins to break apart your confidence. It begins to tear apart your anointing because you, you, you don't see it anymore. Right. You just lose thought of it. So I want us to really, I want you to pray over that because we know that the enemy his, you know, we went through 2020 where there was a spirit of fear that was released across the world. And there are still pockets of that fear that are dominating. They are regional principalities over that where there is just fear. You can go into that city and you can feel the fear that that we went to New Orleans and there is a, there is a, a pocket of fear and rebellion over that city. And so our prayer is, Lord, release your peace and, and the obedience into the hearts of the people. You know, when we see those territorial things, we have to seek God's will on how to pray for them. 
because, uh, you know, one thing we don't want to do is curse cities that don't agree with how we think or what we believe God wants. Our, our job is to release the love of God, yeah. the passion of God over it. God, turn their hearts. Let them be a city that, that is resurrected, that people look at and say, how the heck did that city become from dark to the most wonderful place to be in? That's what we need. We need to have those hearts where when we see this overarching darkness or we walk in and we feel something that is anti-Christ, that we carry the presence of Christ and we release it over it. So my, my words are not to curse or complain about that city. My words are to edify and release peace and the love of Jesus over it. I may not have territorial power over that. That may not be my authority because Paul says we work in the metron, in the sphere of our, the authority given to us. But I have the love of Jesus that I can release over every place I go. Right? right? Yeah. So we have to understand this unseen war is to get us in bitter battle in our minds, number one, and with others. To get us into bitter battle with others. And that's a tough one. Because we all have an opinion. And I'm sure if we took a, a survey right here, there would be opinions that differ from one to the another. And what do we do with that differences? Do we, do we get embattled in it? Or do we say, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? Before I go on to the whole uh, principality, because we're going to talk about that a little bit, is... Because I talked about us and really talking about fear. And that really is one of the overarching uh, spirits right now is a spirit of fear. It was about COVID and the, uh, what do you call that thing? Pandemic. But now it's about finances. Because the shift of inflation. So now there is a, a panic of lack that there's not going to be enough. I'm afraid I can't fill my gas car. My, I, can't, I don't have enough gas to get to work. You know, that's the fear. I don't, am I going to have enough money to pay my mortgage? You know, that's what's been released now. Because right now, there's been an attack against our financial system that has been brokered by decisions that are misaligned with the kingdom financial principles of God. And we all know that we have that authority to live above that line. God's given us the ability. It says, Deuteronomy 18, God has given us the ability to create wealth. God has given us the power of the Holy Spirit to multiply. And I told you guys the story of someone who drove their car, I think it was like 500 miles on one tank of gas. You know, God has the ability to supernaturally supply. And even if he doesn't supernaturally supply, he has the ability to supply however he wants to supply. Because that's his job. And I always say he's really good at his job. So Philippians, this is what I wanted to, you guys to write down before we go. Philippians 128, it says, and then when we cast down every argument, right, where we're, we're not letting the enemy beat our brains up. It says, and then you will never be shaken or intimidated by the opposition that rises up against you. 
against us. For your courage will only prove as a sure sign from God of their coming destruction and that you will have found a new life. So our courage, you know, do not be afraid. 365 times in scriptures, what Google says. We're going to just take that as truth or something. But not to be afraid of whatever opposition comes against us. And even though it may seem overwhelming, we've all been overwhelmed. We've all been like, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. But what we know is that God knows what he's going to do about it through you to bring down whatever's coming against you. So God knows. So our lean in is, God, I don't know what to do, but you do. So just reveal that to me. Uh, Ephesians 6, 12. And I want to talk about this for just a few minutes because uh, we have to be sensitive to what's happening to us. Brad Long, a friend of ours up in, uh, he has a ministry called PRMI at Black Mountain. He said, when you change the heart of people, you will loosen the hold of the principalities. Six uh, twelve says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we know that this unseen war is against this demonic force. But what we also know is there is a heavenly force that is battling with us. And there's more than them than there are of the demonic forces. So that's what we have to keep in mind. They outweigh the power of any demonic movement against the people. So I want to talk about this little story and then we're going to uh, do some praying. But in 1 Samuel 6, what well, actually starts in verse uh, four, uh, chapter 4. Let's just turn there real quick. The ark is taken by the enemy. And it's 1 Samuel 4. And we're going to read verse 22. So the ark is captured. Uh, Eli dies, the priest, his sons die. And uh, the wife of one of the sons had birthed the baby. And in verse 22, she says, the glory has departed from Israel for the ark of God has been captured. It's captured by the Philistines. And what's, what's funny is only the enemy could be deceived enough to think they could hold the ark of God. So uh, chapter five, verse one, we're just going to read a couple verses out of this. It says, then the Philistines took the ark of God and uh, brought it in from Ebenezer to Ashdod. And when the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon, which is a God, and set it by Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod arose early, arose early in the morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it in its place. And when they rose early the next morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face on the ground before the ark. And the head of Dagon 
and both of the palms of its hand were broken off on the threshold. The head of the enemy was cut off in the presence of God. And we understand that we carry the presence of God. And we understand that there is a, a unseen presence that is moving against the demonic force that is trying to hold the people of God captive. And though we may not be in a prison cell, we can be in a prison cell if we in our mind, if we don't understand the power of God within us and around us to destroy the works of the enemy that's coming against us. And it goes on to tell that, you know, they were upset about that. So they move them to another place. Uh, in verse eight, it says um, that they, they decide that they're going to move him somewhere else. It says, therefore, they sent and gathered themselves and all the lords of the Philistines and said, what shall we do with the ark of God of Israel? And they answered, let the ark of God of Israel be carried away to Gath. So they carried him away to Gath. And so it was after they carried it away and the hand of the Lord was against the city with, with a very great destruction. And he struck the men of the city, both small and great, and tumors broke out. Then they go through this process again, and the same thing happens. And finally, they're like, we cannot handle the power of your God, so we're sending him back to you. Right. Take him back. We don't want him any longer because he is destroying everything that we have. Think about that. I'm going to read you this little testimony about something happened in the Ukraine in the war just recently. It was on uh, the Christian Broadcast Network, CBN. Right. It says, uh, one man shared with him, with the interviewer, a story of his son who was serving in the Ukrainian army. He said the man told him on one dark night, the soldiers were holding their positions and discovered there were a lot of Russian Federation tanks and other mobile units coming directly at them. It appeared the soldiers would have trouble defending themselves. So we think, oh, those things only happened in the Old Testament. Listen to this. The son picked up the phone and he called his father. Must be cell phones, right? <laughs> and he said, Dad, you have to pray right now. We're in a situation. The father called other members of the church and asked them to start praying. Later, the son called his father back. He said, there's some miracle that happened. It looked like an attack on the Russians from a spaceship. There was some kind of lightning shooting from the sky and sparks were spreading everywhere. In the morning, they, the Ukrainian troops, discovered the Russian tanks and other mobile units had been destroyed. All those soldiers thought maybe it was done by some kind of weapon we didn't know about, but it was just God's intervention. He also relayed another incident that he had heard. He said, uh, we were praying that the Russians would start resisting each other. We've read that in scripture, that the enemy would resist the enemy. He said, what happened next reminds him of similar incidents that were recorded in the Bible. And, and here's the quote. Another part of the Russian army, they occupied one little town. 
They removed flags from the town's government building and they attached those flags to their tanks and they started to drive. Eventually, in the, e in the evening, they met the first group of Russian tanks. Both groups of tanks were confused because they had the flags on their tanks. And they thought they were looking at the enemy. They started shooting at each other, enemy against enemy. So what we have to understand that God can create chaos. They created their own chaos by putting the Ukraine flag on their tanks. God can shoot lightning and send his angelic armies down into a situation and what we have to do is declare that we believe that God is a God of intervention. And no matter what is happening in front of us, God has a way out for us. He always has a way out for us. And it may not be the way we want to go. It may not look like what we thought he was going to do. But it doesn't matter. When God moves on our behalf, it's always his best for us. And the outcome is always good. So this is the thing I want to end with. Uh, one of the things that uh, um, Rick Jordan had written a book called uh, New America. There's another part, another part of the title. But if you'll just do Rick Jordan, uh, New America, it's, it's actually a very good book. It was written in 2011, but it's so clear about what's happening now. It was really, um, but he calls this the devil's prophecy. And I want us, we're going to pray against it because these things have been spoken over to America. These things have been spoken recently over our nation. And I want us to break that thought process. And though and I'll just say this, though sometimes these things look like they could happen, it doesn't mean they're going to happen. And that's the power of the church, the body of Christ, to rise up and come against what the enemy has set to kill, steal, and destroy us. I do not want him to destroy our nation because I have children and children's children's children that are going to be here, right? So here's the first one. The days as a superpower are at an end. Our days in America as a superpower are at an end. America, and we've heard that said over and over again. How many people have said America will no longer be a superpower? Yeah. Number two, America will break up into four or four, four or more smaller nations. That is also being talked about as we listen to different states talk about succeeding from uh, the United States. America will meld into a semi-socialist a semi state. A meltdown of our economy will be followed by anarchy for a period. Now, let's just ask, God, is that your plan? Or is that a plan you want us to be watchmen on the wall, intercede and cast down and break all agreement with what has been spoken against us? Because remember, the enemy wants to kill, steal and destroy us. <coughs> they want to destroy the generations to come. They want us to be a nation, a people of no hope. No vision for the future. No prophetic call on our lives. 
The enemy wants us to be so distracted by what is happening in the world that we can no longer see the call of God that he has for us. And we are not going to agree with that. So I want to pray against these. I want to break these. Um, and Rick ends it with, our greatest need is a new breed of leadership to refocus our energy and our potential. So let's pray and let's just stand and pray. We're going to end on this because I want us to not agree with what's been spoken. And I'm sure some of us have said, yeah, that's right. We're heading into socialism. Yeah, that's right. We're probably not going to be a superpower anymore. We just need to say, Lord, no. We just repent from that. We confess that those aren't true. And we are breaking the assignment of the enemy, not only against us, but against our nation. So, Father, we just thank you that your word says that we are called people, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, that we have a destiny and a purpose, that we have an inheritance to leave for the generations to come. And so, Lord, we just thank you that we are agreeing with you and what your word says. And we break every agreement with what the enemy has declared over us, and we confess us, that if we're in agreement with that, that we repent from that agreement and we release what your agreement is, Lord, that we will not lose our ability as a nation to be a superpower, to help to be a nation of justice and hope and a righteous nation we declare over us, Lord. We declare that we will not break apart and no longer be the United States under God indivisible with freedom and justice for all, Lord. So we declare that that's who we are. We declare that we are not going to be a socialist country, that we're going to stand on freedom and economic development and creativity and entrepreneurship. Lord, we just ask you to use us to shift even the economy and the thought process of what kingdom finances are. Help us to shift that out into culture, Lord. And God, we just thank you that we are not going to have our economy melt down. Lord, we declare uh, economic rejuvenation. We declare that gas prices are going to reverse. We declare that there will be jobs for every person. We declare for every employer looking for an employee that there will be that match made in heaven, God, and that we will be a, a, a light for them in a place of darkness. And if they don't know you, that they'll come into our companies and and begin to encounter the presence of you and that favor of you, Lord. And Lord, we believe for a new breed of leadership. And we even uh, prophesied over those last week, the, the Jehu anointings coming up, the mantles being released, a new breed of leadership, a breed of leadership that will break that um, uh, spirit of uh, politics over our nation that, that will break that uh, spirit of destruction of our economy, Lord, of our families, of our education, Lord. We call forth that new breed of leadership in Jesus' name. And Lord, we stand knowing that you are our God. 
and that you can do what you have declared to do for our nation, for your people. And that even as Jean prophesied that word, that the, the holding back of the revival is no longer, that the floodgates have been open and that there will be a revival and a reformation of the church and a revival of the world in our time. We will see with our eyes the declaration of your glory filling the earth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.